Jesus said to her, Mary, in the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity, amen. What does it take to recognize the resurrection? This is the question that threads through the three readings that we will hear at our morning Eucharists this week. Today it's the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene at the tomb. Tomorrow it's Jesus walking with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And on Friday it's Jesus meeting the disciples as they are fishing at the Sea of Galilee. And the theme that unites these three stories, distinguishing them from other resurrection appearances, is that in all three of them, the disciples do not immediately recognize Jesus. Now, on one level, it's strange that they don't recognize him, since after all, they've been following him and have been with him probably every day for the last three years. And they've been talking and thinking about nothing else but him, since his horrendous death three days earlier. And Mary has actually come to the tomb looking for his body. So why don't they recognize him? Now, some have said that maybe it's because the resurrected body of Jesus looks so different from a mortal body. And maybe that's true. Or maybe it's that they are all so weighed down by grief and by trauma and all they've been through in the last couple of days that they can't perceive this new thing that's happening in their midst. Or maybe it's just that resurrection is so completely beyond our ken, our grasp, our imagination and our sense of possibility that we simply can't grasp it. That someone would triumph over death, that the grim finality of death would be overcome somehow, that there would be fullness of life beyond the grave. This is all beyond mortal imagining. So for whatever reason, they don't recognize him. And in every one of these stories, Jesus has to do something to get them to see, to get them to perceive that he is risen. It's not enough for him to waft by like a ghost, like an apparition. He has to reach out warm and living into their world, into their reality, and change something in that reality so that he can see, they can see that he's really, truly alive. So in the story of the disciples fishing, he provides them with this miraculous catch of fish, and then their eyes are opened and they see him. In the Emmaus story, first he interprets the scripture to them, and then in the breaking of the bread, he's revealed to them in that sign that he had told them just days before when they would see him in the breaking of the bread. But here in this story of Mary Magdalene, he does something simpler, he does something more intimate and in a way more beautiful than any of these others. He calls her by name. He just simply calls her name, Mary. I think it was Maya Angelou who once said, people will forget what you did. People will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. They will never forget how you made them feel. So Mary Magdalene must have been blinded by grief and shock and trauma on that first Easter morning, her mind in a fog because of this. And there were so many signs of the resurrection she couldn't see, the empty tomb, the linen wrappings, the headcloth rolled up by itself, the angels, not even the sight of Jesus. 
None of this gets through to her. But the one thing that gets through to her is Jesus calling her by name. And it must be because when he called her by name, it was that feeling she had that he had always made her feel that way when he called her name. And that was a feeling that she could never forget. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus had said, I'm the good shepherd, I know my own, my own know me, and I call them by name. And when he calls her by name, she remembers that feeling she had had every single time he called her by name. That feeling of being fully known, of being fully loved, of being fully seen. That was the feeling that she had every time he said, Mary, Mary. And that's the feeling she feels once again when her eyes are open and she sees him and she knows that it's him. It must be him. It must be Jesus. And now she sees him, she knows him, she knows that he is risen. But in calling her by name, Jesus is not just telling her that he is risen. He's telling her that she is risen. Because Jesus' resurrection was never for himself alone. No, it's so that this resurrection power of life over death, of love over hatred and fear, would spill over into our lives as well. In that famous icon of the resurrection, the first thing Jesus does when he's raised is to descend into hell and to pull Adam and Eve out of their tombs. You've probably seen that picture of him reaching out and pulling these kind of dazed people out of their tombs. So Jesus is raised to haul all of us out of our tombs, out of those places of grief and numbness and waking sleep and lack of purpose that weigh us down and keep us from living. So when Jesus calls to Mary Magdalene, calls her by name, he's calling her into the truth of the resurrection, calling her to be raised with him, to be free, to be as truly and fully alive and eternally alive as he is. Don't hold on to me, he says. The resurrection is not about clinging to a memory of the earthly Jesus. It's not about looking for corpses. It's not about clinging to grave clothes. Instead, it's about this. Go and tell my brothers and sisters that I am raised and I'm ascending to the Father. I am alive. The resurrection is about Mary being raised, about her claiming her voice, her vocation, her purpose to proclaim the risen Lord and to live in that power and that glory. So it's a good thing that Easter is not just a one-day festival, that in fact it's the great 50 days, because it does take a while and sometimes it's difficult for us to recognize the risen Christ and to live in the power of the resurrection. It can be hard with the sorrows and the burdens that weigh us down to see that the risen Christ is in our midst and that that ought to make all the difference. Now, if that's true for you, just remember that beyond any spectacle or miracle that Jesus provides in order to show that he is raised, there's the simple, simple thing that he does for us all the time, as he did for Mary Magdalene on that first morning. He calls us by our names. He calls us into fullness of life. So listen for that voice this Easter tide. That voice that calls you, that calls me into resurrection life, into the fullness of our vocation, into the fullness of our calling, into a life that is eternal.
beginning now, ending never. Listen and see, and then go and tell. <laughs>